Um, we're going to be telling some stories, and um, Tash can run around the microphone if need be, but we might even just be able to, you know, put a hand up, call some of them out. So, but as the title of the message this morning suggests, what's new with you? I want to ask the question, what's new with you? And I've got a bunch of questions I'm going to be asking throughout the message, so like, don't go hiding on me. It's going to be a long service if I've got to start, you know, chasing people for answers. So, you know, it might be something like, you know, I've got a new pair of shoes, uh, you know, in a new relationship, I got a new pen, I don't know, like, I don't know what's new with you. Anyone got, anyone got something new in their life happening at the moment? Yes. Oh, you got a, you did get a new pen. Oh, well, it's pr- prophetic, what can I say? <laughs> Tasha, over here. Where? It's in the front. Oh. I just started TAFE from this July. Okay. And then, yeah, joined the class, uh, classroom for the last, yeah, 20 years or whatever. Yeah. So I joined the studying with the young classmate, like okay. uh, 18 or 19, and I really enjoyed and wow. absorbed their energy. <laughs> wow. What else is new? Thank you for sharing. What else is new in people's lives at the moment? always the way. This is why I didn't wear my uh, thongs today. <laughs> You'd be flapping around otherwise. So last Sunday I was challenged by God to, to uh, submit something I've been holding on to for over 30 years, mm. which shows that I'm getting older. Uh, and I did that day. And I have such a sense of freedom. It's amazing. So what is new with me is I'm a new child of God for a week. Wow. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I wanted to share a bit of a testimony this morning of something new happening in, in um, the youth and young adult ministries here at Mill Park, and, and you would have heard a bit about it over the last few weeks, um, but I wanted to give you the backstory about why it happened and how it happened. You would have heard that we started these sort of family dinners on Sunday night at Tash and My Place, and um, there, was a, there was a night last term at youth where... It was, it was really profound what happened. There was just this really, you know, nothing, nothing sort of like big and bold happened. It wasn't this crazy like, you know, um, you know, divinely inspiring moment. But like, you know, we were having a good night at youth. And uh, since COVID, what we sort of noticed in the culture of the youth ministry is that kids had kind of taken a step back from enthusiasm and desire like in the worship space. And so, you know, they'd sit, you know, na- naturally, you know, teenagers, you know, they'd sit at the back of the room and sort of not want to sing and all that sort of stuff. And, and we were having youth last term at one point, and I don't know what happened, but like everyone sort of went in the room and, and, and no one was kind of like sitting against the back wall. Everyone was kind of in the middle of the room and everyone kind of got up and sung. And then even for one of the songs, everyone was kind of jumping around, having a good time. I was just like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like... That was just this really exciting moment, and I, and I posted about it on, on um, social media and um, was able to share that with people and celebrate that, which was great. And, um, but uh, while that was a really exciting and a really powerful kind of night and moment in just the little things God was doing, in the little bits of growth we see, because that's what we seek to do as a youth ministry, is see growth in, in, in the ministry, in the kids. It was really encouraging. I had a few difficult conversations as well, a few comments people made, and they, you know, like naturally, 
sometimes people's comments, like they, they, they cut deeper than maybe people realize and they hurt sometimes and, and sometimes we leave uh, conversations feeling a little bit upset or a little bit uncomfortable and, and so I got home from youth after this like kind of good but also kind of tough night and I was kind of in this kind of weird kind of state and I went to bed and I just had so much like running through my mind, so many thoughts, so many, so many things, just thinking about our church, thinking about um, our youth ministry and all that was God was doing and I was just like sort of just this holy discontentment burning within me, so to speak. And, and I don't know if you've ever found this when you're kind of like, um, it may just be deep thinkers like me that have this, but when you're trying to sleep and you're kind of in this state where your mind is like racing and you're thinking a lot, but you're not really like awake. You're thinking about a lot, but you're kind of asleep, but you're kind of awake, but you're kind of asleep. And I don't know how to really describe it. I don't know what the scientific term for it might be. But in those moments, I often find myself just like, hey, God, like, what, what are you wanting to say to me? Like, what is it that I'm not giving over to you? What is it that um, you want to say to me that, I, that I'm, I'm not sort of capable of hearing right now, that I'm, I'm missing? What is it you want from me? And as I was lying in bed and I'm in this kind of weird state of like half awake, half asleep, really frustrated, really tired, one of the things that just kept running through my mind, which was a bit strange, was um, oh, we just need, to, just need to get everyone together and eat some pizza. That's a bit strange. Like, I, I, we all know I like my pizza, of course. Um, I was actually making a batch of pizza dough yesterday, actually, fun fact. But um, I'm th- why am I thinking about pizza and, and what's this got to do with anything? But all I could think, it just kept coming back to me, like, we just need to get everyone together and eat pizza. And um, so I, I, you know, barely slept that night and, you know, go off to um, the soccer club where I'm the chaplain the next day and a um, bit tired, a bit frustrated about the whole situation. And I'm leaving the soccer ground after the game. And my old mentor from my old church calls me up and he's just like, you know, I just wanted to check in, how are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit frustrated and sort of explaining the situation to him. And he's like, he's like Adam, like, there's, there's no human wisdom I've got for you. Like, I don't, have, I don't have human wisdom. You don't need human wisdom right now to solve this situation you need divine wisdom. Like, nothing I can give you is going to help. You need divine wisdom. He's like, I don't know. You just need to get everyone together and eat pizza. And I was like, what on earth? Like, how strange is that? How weird is that? Like, of all the things he could say, he said exactly what I was like sort of thinking about and and dreaming about the night before. And so I took that as like a sign from God that like, yes, we need to get together and eat pizza. And so we've started family dinners. And so that's something that's new with the Youth and Young Adult Ministries here at Milk Park Baptist Church is these new family dinners, which I'm really excited about and I'm really enjoying. And so that's what's new with us at the minute. And the message I want to speak about today is a message spoken by the prophet Isaiah about those who are exiled in Babylon and about how God wants to do a new thing in them. And so we need to keep in mind the audience that this was written for um, but there are some principles as we, as we study it about why he's saying what he's saying that we can learn for our situation as well. This wasn't written to us, but we can learn from it, and so we need to, but it needs to be grounded in its proper place and context. And I want to just like give a bit of a prerequisite to this message today that like, if I'm honest, I think this passage that we're going to look at is, is kind of over-preached 
if I'm honest. And this is my reflection, you don't have to agree with me, that's okay. Um, I find that this passage is one of those passages that people will look for and cherry pick from the Bible and be like, oh, you're going through a hard time, well, don't worry, God wants to do a new thing with you. And we kind of like fluff it up to be this pretty kind of like thing when, you know what, like sometimes that can be counterintuitive to what God says in his word. Like sometimes, like Paul says, like we are to go through trials, we are to go through hard times and suffering and that's okay. Um, And so sometimes we try to whip up this like, oh, it's all good, God's going to do something new. And I I, I don't really have a lot of patience for that, if I'm honest. I feel like that's a bit too fluffy. Maybe that's just my personality. But I think this can be a little bit over-preached. But I think that's how we can see and how we can tell that this is the, uh, what I believe is the Holy Spirit's word for us and not mine, because it's not my default. We know that when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, it empowers us to be more like Jesus and do things that don't come naturally to us, maybe do things that are against our normal way of operating. And so I'm hoping that that is a sign that this is a message God has for us this morning. And I caught up with a member of our, our, our church family a couple of weeks ago, and I, I told him this is the message on my heart for this date. And, um, and he was like, well, actually, that's been the message on my heart too. And so I'm taking that as an affirmation that this is what God wants to talk to our church about this morning. And so we're going to be looking at Isaiah 43, if you have your Bibles or your phones. Um, you can also read along the screen. Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. Um, and it, I'm reading from the NLT, just so you're aware. It says, I am the Lord. This is um, God speaking through Isaiah who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they were drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. We'll think back to, we remember he's, he's referring back to the exodus from Egypt. Then he says in verse 18, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. I've got a few points I want to talk about today that I feel like this uh, passage is, is speaking about, and the first one is to look back. Can everyone say look back? Look back, that's it. That's what we're going to be looking back on today. And so I wonder, story time, when we look back on our lives, can we think back to a time where we had a profound experience of God in our lives. You don't have to go into the full detail and the full uh, backstory, but can you think of a time where you really powerfully encountered God at work in your life and really sensed His presence? Thankfully, Todd's already shared a bit of an example. He sort of jumped ahead on the questions, says something from last week. God working powerfully in his life. Um, 
Bar mij. Goes back a number of years to um, I was away with our family and we got the news that my parents had been tragically killed in a car accident and we were camping away in the bush and it had to be the police that came to tell us what was going on. And so it was pretty devastating, four, four young kids, etc. another family with us. I found myself wandering over, over to the toilet block as we were settling down for the night. And the song that came into my heart that God gave to me was, the Lord your God in the midst of thee is mighty, he will rejoice over you with song. And I thought, my goodness me, that is not from me. That is just this reassurance that God was in this horrible mm. experience. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Balmain, for sharing that story. You know, it could have been as simple as, you know, um, a song we were singing in church in the, in the previous month that you really connected with God in. Where else can you think back to a time where God was at work in your life? You saw his hand on a situation at work or at home, in your family. Um, a few years ago, I was working in the Solomon Islands. Wow. And this was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and it was at the end of 2019. And I'd been going through some pretty hard stuff where I was working. People weren't very nice. Um, and at the time, I was quite challenged. You know, I'd signed up to go for a year. This was 2019 in the world of, you know, we know what happened after 2019. But um, in December, it had kind of got to a point where I was like, well, I don't really see any way forward. The only way forward is to come back to Australia. And at the time, I'd only been there for about four or five months, and I'd planned to be there for 12 months. And it was really challenging. You know, I'd made these friends, and I'd recently <laughs> bought a second-hand car as well. And I was like, oh, you know, I've got all these things I need to sort out. And thankfully, God helped me to, you know, tie up all those loose ends and ended up, you know, booking a flight back to Australia in February of 2020. And a month later, the whole world had into shutdown and all my, you know, peers who were in the Solomons all had to come back and scramble mm. to get everything back and, you know, essentially pack up their life in a week. They were given a week to kind of pack up and get back to Australia. Um, and looking back, you know, even though I was so challenged and so conflicted with what to do, it was like, well, you know, God had led me through that and I was able to say goodbye in good time to my friends and sell the, you know, $6,000 car I had so I didn't have those debts um, wow. coming back to Australia. So that was definitely wow. God's hand through that. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. That's so good. Thanks for sharing. Uh, if we, we got time for one more. We probably don't actually, but we'll give one more anyway. If someone wants one more, I thought I saw a second hand up before. Many years ago, um, I, I used, to get, used to get paid by check when I was working in the city. And um, I went and I cashed the check. And when I, when I got home, I realized they, the bank had given me $50 too much. So I rang the bank, the bank the next day and, uh, you know, I told them I was kept bringing the money back. And, the, the, you know, the, the manager came and thanked me and the, the actual teller who gave me the money thanked me. And the actual teller, she, was, she went to the Footscray Baptist Church. She was born again as well. And, um, you know, they couldn't believe that I actually brought the money back. 
and even though you know she was honest, the you know the, the you know the, they look at look at you as if you know you know accusing you, and you you know, you feel guilty, and you know it, God led me to to do that, and you know just to be honest, mm. it's it's you know it, it made me feel good. Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, great. There's some awesome encounters and, and stories of God at work in our lives, in our past that we look back on and we remember. And as I said earlier, these, these first couple of verses are clear references to Israel's exodus from Egypt. It's God reminding them to think back, to look back on the miracles and the powerful works He's done before, making a way where there honestly seemed to be no way forward. In a situation like they are in now, in um, a new form of exile, uh, um, things seem bleak and impossible to them, but God can deliver because He has delivered them in the past. And when we take time to reflect on what God has done in the past, we're much less likely to doubt Him in the present. When we take time to reflect on what God has done in the past, we're much less likely to doubt Him in the present. The Old Testament is full of moments that remind us to look back by remembering what God has done in the past. Uh, you know, the whole Jewish calendar, and I'm not an expert on the Jewish calendar, but, uh, you know, we see this in things like the Passover. The whole Jewish calendar is set up to help them reflect and, and not forget annually remembering what God has done in their history um, and not forget it. Uh, another thing that we so often see in the Old Testament is, is, is this desire or these commands by God to set up monuments in their lives, whether that be like an altar or stacking stones or whatever, to remind them and help them when they come back to that, when they walk past that again, to go, oh yeah, that's right, that's what God did in our lives. And I know, I know Pastor Jeff is all about this. He's got a ring that he's got. That's a monument for him as like a, a, a permanent reminder of things God has done in his life. Sometimes he, he writes things on his hands as a, as a monument, as a reminder about what God's doing in his life as well. The other thing um, we, we are often told to do, particularly in the Psalms, David's really big on this, is we're told to teach the next generation. We're told to pass it on to the next generation what God has done in our lives. So to our kids, to our grandkids, we're to pass down the powerful stories we've experienced where God has broken through in our lives and done something amazing so that our kids will know, so that they'll be aware and be taught about God's powerful, so that we don't forget. These are some practices that the Bible teaches us about looking back. And so I wonder, just some questions as we, as we review this topic, like do you have some dates that you save to help you look back on what God has done in your life? Um, Tash and I had an awesome date this week that we look back on to celebrate God's awesome provision because on the 26th of October, uh, this week that has passed, that's our four-year anniversary since we bought our house. And so that was, every time that comes up on our memories, we're like, oh, thank you, God, for that provision. Do you have any physical monuments you've set up? Could be a photo frame or a, a scripture or something like that in your house. You know, do you take the time to teach your kids about the things God did in your life or your grandkids about the things God did in your life, how he was at work? God says, take everything I've done for you, look back and remember it. And if there's one thing you take away from today's message, I hope it is this. God is always at work in the stories of our lives. 
God is always at work in the stories of our lives. Point number two, I think this passage points out to us, is to look ahead. Can everyone say, look ahead? Look ahead, that's it. So, um, I want to hear a story, and we'll just do a couple of brief ones, of something you're looking forward to. What is something in your life right now you're like, you cannot wait for it. Tash, don't say Christmas, I swear. If I hear that again. Any other stories of things we're looking forward to at the moment? Could be reuniting with family, could be... Um, yeah, a special date coming up. Just give you a, a short one. So, uh, I believe that the Lord is put in my heart. Even uh, my family has disowned me. But I know God is working, and as Job says, blessed those, even things you lose, doesn't matter, the Lord, Lord has preparing something bigger, as uh, you know, that I go to the street ministry, and uh, I believe that I'm praying that God will open uh, doors for me to preach the gospel to the Muslims, because I come from Islam, mm-hmm. so the more close I go to Christ, and the enemy is really bombarding in big ways, but I know God is opening, going to open a door, I believe, and and, and this is my focus that, Lord, I want to do your purpose in my life. Doesn't, yeah. Things doesn't look good, but you are good. Uh, you are in control. Mm. And uh, this opportunity time to uh, a privilege to preach the gospel of Jesus, to speak the name of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely, Reyes. Thanks for sharing that. It's a great story. Um, he set a high bar, just to lower the bar for anyone else. I'm looking forward to my annual leave. So, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Anything else people are looking forward to? Sean down the front. It's always the way. The microphone always goes back to front, side to side. It's never like one row back. <laughs> it was strategic waiting for Tash to come. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, my daughter getting married in January. Yes, yes, so very excited. Seeing young love. Well, I'm, I'm looking over here at Noah and Sean. They're just showing it here. But um, yeah, I'm. Just so looking forward to seeing that uh, and yeah. these two God-loving um, people just growing together and becoming one. Yeah, that's very exciting, Sean. Congratulations, by the way. Cool. All right, that's some, some great stories of, of things we are looking forward to. And um, I don't know if you've ever had a preacher get up and talk about a whole point and then say, cross it out, but that's exactly what we read in the Scriptures. He's like, look back on all this stuff I've done, God's like, and then he's like, forget it. Like, what? Like, we just spent all this time talking about remembering, and then God's like, just forget it. Forget what I did. And, and I, I think, well, why would he ask that question? Why, why, well, why would he make that, that comment? Why would he say, remember all this stuff, but then forget it? And I think what we need to understand here is because so often we can live dwelling in the past. We can kind of live sort of wanting to relive the glory days rather than seeing what God is doing in our lives now, seeing, looking ahead to what God wants to do in our future. And, and, and God, it's not that God wants them to forget the miracles He's done, but He's like, that was, for, that was a miracle for a previous generation. 
You guys need to be aware of what I'm doing in your life now. We can't, we can't look back on, and, and try, as I said, trying to relive the glory days. There's new works God wants to do in our lives today. There's new works God's doing in our stories right now that we're sharing here this morning. That if we spend so much time dwelling on the past, we're not going to see where God's trying to lead us. And so I think that's part of why um, he's not saying those things are bad or forget them completely, but I think he's saying you're holding on to things that you need to actually move on from. It's okay to remember that I'm powerful. It's okay to remember my faithfulness, but remember that I'm faithful in what I'm going to do, not, what, not just what I've done in the past. And look, if I'm being really honest, I agonize, I've been agonizing over this last night and this morning about what to say on this topic. And, um, and, and, and trust me when I say I, I don't say this easily, but one of the things that I'm finding really hard to hear at the moment is um, uh, this phrase I've heard thrown around a few times. is like, oh, I, I miss what Mill Park used to be. Or, you know, right, youth's great, but it's not what it used to be. And um, you'll have to in- understand my true intentions here. I hope I don't um, miscommunicate in any way. But, you know, to, to a large degree, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because... There's things I look back on in our history as a church and I'm like, that was great. Like, God did awesome things there. There's, there's friends I led with that are no longer here or, or are moving on. And, and, there's, and there's ways that we did camps at youth that I look back and I'm like, that was so much fun. I love that. That was a good memory. But not for a second am I like, oh, I wish we were back there. I wish we were back in those days. Because maybe this is just my unusually strong growth mindset that my mentors always tell me I have. But I want to go where God's taking us. I want, to, I, want to go in, I want to step into the things God's leading us into. I don't want to be back where we were. And I think we have some great testimonies in this church of things like the quick build that we hear about. You know, we built the, the hall in a weekend 30 years ago or however long ago it was. I don't even know. Personally, I wasn't around back then. But, you know, like we, we share these stories of the quick build and things we did long ago. It's like, what, what about, that was a great testimony of God's power at work in people's lives, in a generation's life. What about the stories God wants to do in our generation now? What about the new things God, the new faith journeys God wants to take us on as a church today and into the future, the way he wants to challenge and grow our faith? And that's why we need to sometimes look back on the old things and go, forget it, I'm going to do a new thing. This church is, is going on a journey and it's important to realize that. What's God doing in our life now? Are we even aware have we asked him? Or are you too focused, focused on the good old days, how things used to be? Because God's not finished with you and he's not finished with us yet. God says everything you look back on is nothing compared to what I'm going to do next. God says, I don't want you hanging on to the past so much that you're going to miss the new greater thing that I'm doing. It's already started and I'm not even sure you're aware of it yet. I'm not even sure you can see it. I think this is one of the reasons for me that I'm really passionate about singing new songs in church because I like the way that new songs give me new language to pray into or to lean into or new language to anchor me in a season I'm going through. I have plenty of old bangers 
church bangers that I love, that I like connect with from the noughties. Um, some of you guys have hymns from much longer ago that you're like, I love that song, connect with. I'm not saying they're bad, but I think sometimes as a church, we can get stuck on, oh, well, I, I, I know that song. I remember a, a powerful time of that song. That, that's not bad, but I think there's something to be said about embracing change and embracing new things that God wants to do in us. Because when we learn new songs, as I said, I start to pray differently. I pray with language I wouldn't, wouldn't be my normal default because I'm hearing new ways of praising and, and worshipping God. And so I think it's important for us to embrace the new songs. And I've loved that we've started singing a new song this month as well. We must recognize that there are new things, new learnings, new encounters, new miracles that God wants to do in our lives. And this is why I'll always be an advocate for new things in our church. Um, Even if God never did anything new, like let's just, hypothetically, God never did anything new in our lives, we would always have something new to learn about Him. Because His character is so vast. And he, he, He is so amazing. We couldn't possibly understand everything there is to know about God. So even if we stopped right now and never did anything else, for eternally we're going to be learning new things about Him because God wants to be doing new things in our lives. As we grow more aware of the things God is doing in our lives, we will live with more testimonies to share. When we're aware of what He's doing in our lives, it's not even going to be difficult to stand here and ask the question, what's something God's doing in your life? What's something God's done? Because we'll be aware of what He is doing. We need these stories. Church, I I can't stress this enough. We need these stories. We need them every Sunday. I love a good testimony. A testimony is a story of God at work in your life. And we don't have enough of these conversations as Christians. I'm confident of that. Man, I, I really wish we had more of them. Every testimony, every story we share is always so deeply encouraging for us to hear. But the only way we can hear more of them is if we are looking for where God is moving today, seeking Him to find what He's up to, prophetically discerning His movement in our lives. God had led His people on an Exodus journey before, but what He really wanted them to see was the Exodus journey he was preparing them for today. Because God is always at work in the stories of our lives, both past and present. The third thing I want to unpack today is look good. Everyone tell me look good. I was going to do a story sharing time again, but I've decided not to. I'm going to spring something on Tash. Tash, can you tell me of a time you looked good? She's going to hate this. Tell me a time you look good, honey. Well, did you say, I don't know? That is incorrect. It's every day, obviously. <laughs> Come on. You should know the answer to this. Unbelievable. We're made as Jesus followers to show off his praise. That's what we're made to do. We're made to show off God's praise. And let's not thwart our purpose for our lives by not looking good because we're not throwing... Uh, showing off his praise. We're made to bless others. We're made to be an example. We're made to give God praise. God said in this passage, even the wild animals will be thankful like for what I'm doing. This won't just bless you as a people. It will bless the animals. It will bless the land. Everyone will be blessed 
as a result of what I'm doing in you. The animals will be refreshed, the land will be refreshed, God's people will be refreshed. I'm going to say something extremely controversial, and I hope you're ready for it. After a, after a hot, hard-working day out in the garden, there's nothing I love more than coming inside for a cold, refreshing glass of sparkling water. I know controversial. I know that's controversial. Maybe, okay, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll concede. Maybe substitute your beverage of choice. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let that go. But there's nothing more refreshing than a, a cold glass of water after a hard day's work out in the garden. And the image God is giving here is one of refreshment. He says the whole land will benefit for, from these, these rivers in a dry wasteland, from a pathway through the wilderness. You know, a pathway is far easier to manage than, the, the, than going bush bashing. You know, like if I'm walking along a footpath, it's a lot less exhausting than trying to navigate the jungle, right? And a river is a refreshing in comparison to a wasteland. I'm one of those guys that like needs a shower every morning as soon as I wake up. Like I just love that feeling of being refreshed. There's nothing better in my mind, shower, deodorant on, clean fit of clothes on, aftershave smelling good, hair's all tidy. I'm about that. I want to I wanna look good. I want to feel good. God said that Israel was made for himself so that they would honor him before the whole world. And when we're living lives that look back, remembering what he's done, but also look ahead, taking notice of the things he is doing now, we become people who point to God on the regular. We don't just live with confidence because of what he has done and the stories we can tell, but we're living looking for where he is and what he's doing today, living with perspective. If we live lives like that, I guarantee you we will look good. Now, of course, I'm not saying uh, everything in our lives is going to be perfect and we're going to be rich and famous and all that sort of stuff. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that our lives will blow others away with our outlook and our perspective, and we can, we can bring them on, in on the work God wants to do in us and in them. Not only do we look good to others when we live lives with such a confident hope and outlook, but we look good to God when we praise Him. We're created to praise Him. I can't say that enough. That's part of our whole purpose on this earth. He loves it when we are obedient. He loves it when we praise Him. And that's why we gather corporately on Sunday so we can give Him the glory He deserves, not alone, but together, because He loves it and we please Him and we look good when we do it in His eyes. That's why we need to look good. But we simply weren't made just to praise God inside these four walls on a Sunday. We were made to take this good news this confident hope outside these four walls on our Monday to point others to Jesus, to honor him before the whole world, to give God all the praise, all the glory, all the honor we possibly can. And so I wonder, how are you looking good to God? How is your obedience in your life right now looking to God? How is your witness to other people right now looking good to God? How is the way you praise and worship God, giving Him glory, looking in His eyes right now? God is always at work in the stories of our lives. 
And so as I get ready to close, I want to ask you a question again. What's new with you? Because he's always at work. He's been at work before and he's at work now. The question is, can you see it? To help us see God is always at work in the stories of our lives. We must look back and we must look ahead and we must look good. But I wonder how that's going for you personally this morning. You know, the time for storytelling is over. This is now time for us to turn inward and, 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 and reflect deeply and personally. How's your awareness of God's work in your life? How's your recollection of what God has done in the past? How does your present life look in God's eyes? You know, one or all of those questions might be easy for some of you to think about, and some of you have already identified answers to them this morning, but maybe for some of us, they're really hard to answer, and maybe we can't answer any of them. Maybe you don't know Jesus, you've never seen him at work in your life before, you wouldn't know what to look for. Maybe for whatever reason you can't see or understand or fathom what God is doing in your life right now. It's dark. It's lonely. You're crying out for an answer. You're crying out for some direction. You're crying out for a breakthrough. Maybe you look at your life right now and you know you're not living in obedience to God. You know you're not sharing His good news. You know... You, you don't look good to Him because you, don't, you can't bring yourself to praise Him throughout your week, through, throughout Sunday service. And perhaps the pressure in your life right now has built up to a point where you, can't, you simply can't take it anymore. Maybe you want to see change in your life. You're desperate for breakthrough. You're desperate for something new. And you'd do anything if only you knew where to start in the first place or if you had the energy to start at all. I really believe that God's given us a word today to identify how we can deal with this. And if we keep reading this story, God makes one thing. We're not going to read more of the passage just for the sake of time. I'm going to summarize some of it. But if we keep reading... God makes one thing clear through his prophet to his people. I'm not doing anything new because you deserve it, is what he says. I'm doing this because of my grace. In verse 22, he says, you refused to ask for my help. You grew tired of me. You stopped making sacrifices in your life for me. In fact, actually, all you did was sin against me and burden me with your problems. But guess what? He says, I've wiped it all away. I don't even think about it anymore. It's not even on my mind anymore. If we understand this passage deeply through the whole lens of the New Testament, he says, I sent my son for you. I sent my son to pay the price for you, to die for your mistakes 
for all the times you rejected me so that I can be near to you. This new thing I want to do in your life, matter of fact, let's be honest, this new thing I want to do in this church, you don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. I'm doing this because I want to be near to you. I want to know you. I'm doing it because I am gracious and I am merciful and I am loving and I'm always at work in the stories of your life. Can you see me? He's here and He loves you. You are enough with whatever you have, it's enough. He can bridge any gap that sits between us. Only God can do that. Only Jesus could do what was required to bridge the gap of everything that we lack. And you don't have to do anything but remember. Not remember in terms of looking back like I talked about before, but remember what Jesus did on the cross. That's all we need to do to know that He can do a new thing in us, even when we can't feel it or perceive it, because God is always at work in the stories of our lives. And my hope and my prayer is that for us as a church and us individually, that we would never lose sight of God at work in our lives. So I invite you all to stand as I close in prayer. And if you're comfortable where you are, I I, I encourage you just to to lay your hands out um, as a sign of going, hey God, I want to receive this word for me. I want to receive this. I'm open, God. I'm open to you. I want to receive this word for me. I want to receive this word for our church. And Father God, we pray that despite our brokenness, you can do a new thing in our lives. You can do a new thing in our church. And Father, we pray that we will never lose sight of what the miracles you've done in our lives, the way you've worked powerfully in our lives before. Let us never forget your faithfulness and your power. But God, let us not live there, staying there, but God, lead us to the things you want to do, the journey you want to take us on. Lead us to new places and new seasons, God, because you're not done with us yet and you've got good things ahead of us, God. And help us as we focus on you, focus on your power, focus on your goodness, focus on your presence. Help us to look good, to you, to each other, to the world, so that you are made known and so that you are praised and so that you receive the glory. Help us to be aware of these movements in our lives so that we can be sharing stories of your goodness and your faithfulness every day. Amen. Let's sing our living hopes, Jesus.